Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in her space, responded to some random post I put on a listserv about grad school and took time to like talk with me about coming to the University of Georgia and what the program might be like. And like, these are the kinds of things you would look for in a program. So I feel like there have been lots of people who have poured into me for me to do what I need to do in my career. And so I feel like it's only appropriate and right that I do that same thing for other people. Yes. And welcome to Her Space a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. today's guest, you just might be living under a rock, but no judgment. We're about to get you hip, okay? Dr. Joy Harden Bradford is a licensed psychologist, speaker, and the host of the wildly popular mental health podcast, Therapy for Black Girls. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from Xavier University of Louisiana, her master's degree in vocational rehabilitation counseling from Arkansas State, and her PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Georgia. Her work focuses on making mental health topics more relevant and accessible for Black women, and she specializes in creating spaces for Black women to have fuller and healthier relationships with themselves and others. But wait, there's more. She's been featured in O, The Oprah Magazine, Bustle, Huffington Post, Black Enterprise, Women's Health, BuzzFeed, Teen Vogue, and Essence. Dr. Joy lives in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband and two sons. Now, lady, as you can imagine, we're trying to keep it professional and not fan out, okay? Because this is the Dr. Joy right here. So without further ado, Dr. Joy, we want to welcome you to her space and thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yay! Yay! Like Terry said, we're going to try not to fangirl too much, Uh So I'm going to start us off with our quote of the day. And our quote of the day comes from Dr. Joy herself. Sometimes therapy is hard work. I'm going to say that one more time. Sometimes therapy is hard work. Now, Dr. Joy, I hear that quote. I, I hear it from two perspectives. I hear it from one perspective from the client side that diving into therapy can be hard. But I also hear that from the therapist side that doing this work can be hard. And so part of what we want to talk to you about today is what is this work like for you from the therapist side? 
I'm just hoping that this conversation kind of gives people more insight into who Dr. Joy really is and what truly inspired therapy for Black girls. Sounds good. So Dr. Joy, oftentimes we we see someone blow up on social media, right? And many of us only see the victory. We only see the lit life and the features and the glam. And so we'd love to know what were you doing before therapy for Black girls and what was life like for you then? Yeah, so it's so funny um, because I, I feel like I have been doing therapy for Black girls even before therapy for Black girls was a thing. <laughs> um, you know, so I just had not called it that, but much of my career has been doing therapy with Black women and girls. Um, you know, so a lot of my career has been in college counseling centers. That's my love. I still love working with graduate and undergrad and professional students. Um, and so every campus that I was on, I would always be running a group for the Black women on campus um, because a lot of times, you know, they were not coming into the counseling center at the same rates as their peers, but I knew they were out there. I knew they were having the same kinds of concerns. So it was important for me to make sure that I was creating a space where their concerns could be heard and they knew that the counseling center existed and they could develop a relationship with one of the therapists. Um, so like I said, I feel like that was therapy for Black girls even before therapy for Black girls became the website. You know, so like most of my career has been in college and co college counseling. Um, and I have re and recently when 2018, I think, full-time am now doing like the podcast and the directory and the speaking. Um, so have transitioned out of working full-time on a college campus, um, but still see, you know, a couple of college students in my practice. That is so amazing. And I feel like we we often hear these stories of people starting small, right? And they always say like, don't despise the days of small beginnings. So you were doing therapy for Black girls even before it got started. And I feel like sometimes on our journey, we may get discouraged in the beginning when we're just getting started. I would love to know what vision were you holding for yourself, you know, prior to 2017 when you really kicked off the the, the platform? Um, like what, what did you envision your work looking like? Yeah, so I think it's important to go back a little because therapy for Black girls started in 2014. Um, you know, so it started with me blogging on the site. And then in 2017 is when I added the podcast and the directory. So I think that's what you're referring to when you say yes. 2017. Um, yes. But it had been existence even before then, right? And so I was not blogging as frequently or as consistently as I do with the podcast, but there was already content there. Um, but it's so funny because, you know, if five years ago, you would have asked me like what my life would be. I always envisioned myself, um, you know, in full-time private practice. Like I love seeing clients. I love doing therapy. And so, you know, for much of my like career, that is kind of what I had been working towards is kind of eventually moving into a full-time private practice, probably still doing training because I love helping, you know, new therapists kind of get their feet in the ground and kind of figure out their, you know, career in therapy. Um, and so, so that is kind of the life I had been building before Therapy for Black Girls kind of became this thing that it is. That's so cool. And I feel like we always hear people say, like, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And so people, <laughs> like, I, I looked online, I'm like, oh, it says 2017 is when she started the podcast. But you're like, uh, -uh I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. She's been doing this. <laughs> so it's like she done put her time in, y'all. So she didn't just blow up in two years. Like, she's been really doing the work. That's so awesome. Yes, yes. And so when I hear you say that you try to train new therapists into how to be in this space, one of the things that I think about, you know, when we when you also say that you you're not new to this, is that 
you've been mentoring people or inspiring people for a really long time. And I don't know if you remember this, but we first met when I was an undergrad. And I remember. Yeah, you were doing a tour (laughs) (laughs) for UGA Graduate School. And we had a full conversation about choosing this career and choosing the University of Georgia. And I remember walking away from that conversation thinking, she is passionate about what she's doing. And she's in grad school. Like she hasn't even like hit her career yet. And another Black woman is doing, pursuing what I thought I could do for myself. And so I just want to say thank you. You're part of the reason I chose University of Georgia for graduate school. But then also thinking about all the work that you did at Georgia from when you were in graduate school to once you were working in a counseling center there. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the group was My Sister's Keeping. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. And so you like you aren't new to this. You have been doing this for inspiring women in ways that you probably don't even know how many lives you have touched. and how many Black women you have inspired to pursue careers in mental health. And so I just want to say thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you, Dominique. Yeah, I remember that very vividly. So I was, you know, still a grad student, like you said, at the University of Georgia. And because I'm from Louisiana, I got a chance to go back to Louisiana to do the recruitment trip. So I visited there and Xavier and a couple of other um, Louisiana colleges and universities. And I definitely remember having that conversation with you and then being so excited that you actually chose to come to Georgia. So that was a really cool moment. Um, But yeah, you know, I, I feel like that is important for me because somebody did that for me. So I this was before um, like I think Facebook and things like really took off I remember being curious about where I wanted to go for grad school myself and Dr. Judy Lee Webb who has been on the podcast talking about eating disorders responded to some random post I put on a listserv about grad school and took time to like talk with me about coming to the University of Georgia and what the program might be like and like these are the kinds of things you would look for in a program so I feel like there have been lots of people who have poured into me for me to do what I need to do in my career and so I feel like it's only appropriate and right that I do that same thing for other people yes and I I completely agree that that is so important for us to do And so then when we think about Therapy for Black Girls and the directory, talk to us a little bit about what inspired you to actually start the directory so that people could find therapists that look like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I spend a lot of time on social media. So you guys probably know that like I'm a huge like pop culture, keeping up with like what's happening in, in media and stuff. Um, so I spend a lot of time on social media. So I, I kept seeing these conversations or people asking questions like, hey, does anybody have a Black therapist? I'm looking for a Black therapist. You know, just like these random conversations from lots of different people. And so I saw it enough that I felt like, okay, there must be a way for us to like, have a centralized location where people can find these um, therapists that they're looking for. Um, So at the end of 2016, I put together a quick Google Doc um, and and sent it out on Facebook and Twitter saying, hey, if you're a Black woman and you've had a good experience with a therapist, send me their contact information and I will compile it by state 
um, for people to be able to connect with these other therapists that you've had good experiences with. So at the end of that month, I think that was in December of 2016, I think I already had 90 therapists in the directory. And now there are over 1,500 therapists in the directory. Um, So I think it just really speaks to the need that people have wanting to be in therapy with people who they feel like get them and where there will be a level of understanding um, and for therapists who are really excited about providing that service to potential clients. That's amazing. And that Google Doc, what does that look like today? Is it now like on the actual website now? What is I I always obsess over like the beginning, what it started as and then where it is today. So I'd love the listeners to know if they aren't familiar. Yeah, yeah. So of course, the Google Doc, I was managing all myself because it was relatively easy with only 90 people. Um, But as it grew in popularity, and then more therapists wanted to enter their information, I realized that that was not something I could do um, and manage by myself. So I had to hire um, web developers to actually build the directory in the form that it's in now. So beautiful. I love it. This is just so amazing. I have like goosebumps. I'm just so excited. This is amazing. So I want to know um, when it comes to black women in mental health, Dr. Joy, um, what are some of the things that you've noticed doing the work that you're doing? Like if you had to name like top three top themes, I guess, what, what continues to show up? Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest ones is always boundaries. Um, and, you know, you guys probably know this just as well, you know, like Black women tend to do a lot of taking care of other people. Um, And so a lot of times that means that they are not setting healthy boundaries in their lives. Um, People are taking advantage of these relationships. Um, You know, they are not kind of pouring into themselves in the same ways that they are pouring into other people, which then leads that leads to, um, you know, lots of breakdowns in their own lives. So maybe they're not taking as good a care of themselves in terms of physical, um, physical health. So maybe they're not exercising or not going to sleep appropriately or, you know, kind of eating on the run. So they're not paying attention to those kinds of things. So I think that is probably one of the things that I've seen come up most often. That's a really good point. That actually takes us to this next question I wanted to ask you. So I read this article on Fast Company called The Hidden Black Tax. It talks about how many Black professionals feel pressure to share their income with struggling family members. They may be the person that made it and sort of broke the generational cycles, but now the family's trying to pull them down like, hey, can I can I code a couple dollars? Can I get some of this? What advice do you have for you know a young woman or young man that might be struggling with something like that where the family is constantly sort of pulling on them and they want to help, but it's not mm-hmm. they're able to build generational wealth because of the support they're providing? Yeah, that is a very real concern. I mean, and you hear that a lot, especially, um, you know, as Black women become more and more educated and getting better and better jobs and, you know, being able to kind of walk into these jobs where they have amazing salaries. That is a lot of times the expectation. So I think it is a very real concern for a lot of people. And I think that there is a way that you can do that but set a boundary around it, right? So, you know, you can maybe set aside a certain amount of your salary every month for taking care of people at home. But then after we have hit that budget, then you will have to just wait until next month kind of thing, right? So I think that there's a way that you can add that to your budget without it becoming, you know, just kind of um, giving away all of your money and then you're not appropriately taking care of yourself. And so as we're talking about setting boundaries, how has it been for you to kind of set boundaries within your friend circle, your family? In terms of now I have this, I I have all of these things going for me in my career, but I also want to have balance. 
Yeah, so I have two little ones who really don't um, care about <laughs> any kind of boundary. <laughs> um, and so I think that that helps me to be really grounded and, and to make sure that I'm like appropriately kind of setting boundaries around my work because I think I often have the other struggle, right? The, the struggle of like wanting to maybe do too much with work and not paying enough attention to everything else. And so um, my little ones definitely help me to kind of stay focused on, okay, now it's mommy time. Like you got to put that down. Um, but also like my family and friends have been incredibly supportive and I feel like they really helped me to be grounded because they have known me, you know, for lots of my life before Dr. Joy was a thing or therapy for black girls was a thing. And so when I'm in conversation and in community with them, it helps me to kind of just feel like, okay, I can just be Joy, the sister, the daughter, the the friend, as opposed to, you know, this professional piece that requires a lot of my time. That's so incredible because it's nothing like going home, just being able to let your hair down and just be you and not have to kind of put on this, this person. So that's really good. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's so helpful too, that you have little ones at home that are like, Listen, I don't I don't care who you are to everybody else. When you're right here in this house, you are mommy. And right. We need mommy like now. I don't care if you said you had a meeting or you have to record a podcast episode right now. I need you so focus on us. <laughs> right. Which is why I try to do a lot of it, you know, while they're at school. So, I mean, I think I do set very or at least try to set good boundaries around like the time when they're not in school so that, you know, I'm not taking meetings. I'm not doing a lot of things in the evenings and on weekends um, because I know that that is the time that is dedicated to my family. Now, Dr. Joy, doing our research, we found that um, you give very good. I want to say, I know. Okay. I'm trying to work on my language. I know therapists don't give advice. I'm, Dom has been teaching me about the language of therapists and therapy. <laughs> so I wouldn't say advice. <laughs> She's always like, Tara, you got to tell, you got to use the disclaimer. You can't just say, Dom's our resident therapist. So I'm going to ask, what um, guidance would you provide by way of, uh, or as it relates to breakups? I know that dealing with breakups is something that like a niche topic for you. So if someone is dealing with a breakup, what's some of the top advice you'd give for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely is my specialty in my practice. Um, so one of the things that often takes quite a lot of time is working with clients related to their ex and social media. Um, so there is often lots of resistance to wanting to unfollow, um, to really kind of cut those digital ties. But a lot of times that really keeps people stuck um, because they're trying to like put a story together based on what they see their ex sharing on Instagram that is often inaccurate and really causing them more pain. Um, and so we spend a lot of time talking about what kind of relationship you still have with your ex on social media, because a lot of times that is actually causing more harm. So basically, I don't know who needs to hear this, but unfollow them, boo, okay? Unfollow them. <laughs> yes, the sooner you can go ahead and unfollow, delete, unfriend, all of that yes. stuff. And I, I think it's really cool that a lot of platforms um, have kind of built in some of that now because they realize like, this is the real world now. Like this is the way we operate in terms of these digital relationships now. And so making that a little easier of a transition, I think is a cool thing that some of them have built into the platform. Very good advice there. Thank you so much for that. And we want to move on, Dr. Joy, to talk a bit about your present life and, you know, how has life changed for you, you know, now that you're easily recognizable and people are demanding more of you? What is that like for you now? Because we may have some women that are transitioning in their careers and maybe they're more noticeable now. So what are some of the changes that you've had to sort of um, become accustomed to? 
Yeah, so I think it's really funny um, because, you know, a lot of people know me from the podcast, so people will recognize my voice sometimes before they even recognize who I am. So they're like, oh, therapy for Black girls, which is a really cool experience, right? Like, that's not something that I had anticipated. Um, So when people will hear me talk and can connect it to the podcast, I always think that that's a cool experience. Um, You know, and and that to me is is really awesome. Like, it, it really helps me to kind of, um, better understand the impact that the podcast and all of the content that we produce um, through Therapy for Black Girls is having on women because, you know, you don't always get that immediate feedback. Um, and so it's really cool to kind of be able to meet listeners in person um, and, you know, to be able to have conversations with people about like how the the content has impacted them. Um, but I also think that you you have to be very careful about that also just in terms of like being more of a public figure because um, I think you have to set boundaries with that too, right? Like, you know, so people mostly are very respectful. Like nobody has kind of come up to me at dinner or, you know, and I'm not that much of a public figure, right? Like I still lead a pretty, you know, under the radar life, but depending on the circumstance, um, you know, you do want to set a boundary around like how much time you can spend like answering questions after an event or, um you know, like how many pictures are you wanting to take with people? Like, I still think that that's a different boundary that you may have to kind of think about setting for yourself that you may not have anticipated. Um, And something else that I have been thinking about um, is just security stuff. So, um, you know, I did a live show in New York and there was like this weird incident where somebody entered the room that like nobody was sure who they were. And, you know, and I didn't necessarily see it in real time, but then people told me afterwards. Um, And so it made me think about like, oh, like, do I need to maybe have security at certain events, you know, just kind of thinking through things that like your life in private practice didn't necessarily necessitate, Um, you know, so I think it just comes with a different level of like things that you maybe want to have in place that you didn't anticipate before. That's a really good point. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that never even crossed my mind. The first thing I thought about when you shared this is that you on the call, you on the phone and the telemarketer calls. I'm like, wait, is this Dr. Joy? That was the first thing I thought about when you said <laughs> the recognizing your voice within the security part. I'm like, oh, that's actually, especially if you're like a private person, I would assume, okay, I'm just going to make an assumption, but would you consider yourself to be more introverted than extroverted? No, I'm actually no. pretty extroverted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're pretty yeah. extroverted. Dom and I, we we just did a podcast on being an introvert versus, versus an extrovert. And I can only imagine you being like, you know, a person that likes your space. And then you go out and people are like, oh, it's Dr. Joy over there. You know, and it, it can be overwhelming, <laughs> I think, for anyone. But um, yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a lot to take into consideration. And it, it sounds like that means that it's you're constantly having to reevaluate how you do things and how you navigate things. And so as you were talking about security, one of the other things that I thought about was like your social media presence. How, you know, people like to come at, come at us in social media because they have that space of that anonymity and not having to do it in person. And so I was wondering, how have you tried to maintain, one, an active social media presence? And then two, how do you safeguard from people coming in to like maybe spew negativity or hatred or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something that has really helped me. Um, so one of the, the the very first person that I hired 
for therapy for black girls was my community manager um because i really feel like the community around therapy for black girls is really what is most important um and what really allows the business to flourish and so it was really important for me to have somebody in place from the beginning or as soon as possible to kind of really be paying attention to how the community flows, how people engage with one another. And so she does an amazing job um, and she helps out a lot with all of the social media. And so, um, you know, if there are negative comments, then she spends time deleting or rerouting and redirecting people. Um, But we honestly don't have a, a ton of that. Um, you know, every now and then there will be like some random person who will kind of, you know, say whatever, but mostly the the community and the energy around the the podcast and the directory and all of those things are overwhelmingly positive. But we do have some things in place to kind of manage that, um, you know, if we need to. Um, and so having that additional like layer, um, I think is really helpful for me that I'm not the one who's engaging with all of that. Um, because in the very beginning, it was me and it felt like a lot to consume because I'm like paying attention to this. And I'm also like paying attention to what's happening on the podcast this week. And what am I going to talk about in the video this week? Like that is still very much the thing that I'm doing. And so paying attention to all of that can, can be a lot. So having Jasmine um, is the name of our community manager, having her there to do a lot of that has been really helpful. And every now and then I will also get like these random emails from people, right? Like that feel the need to like say something negative or harmful. And so You know, like I, of course, am human, so I can get sucked into it briefly to kind of be like, oh, wow, this person really missed, you know, misunderstood what I said or whatever. But I also keep a file of all of the positive things that people say to me. And so when I get pulled into one of these kind of like, oh, they didn't get me or this person doesn't feel positively about us or whatever, then I reroute that to this folder on my computer um, with all of the positive things that people have said, because I think it's really easy to get overwhelmed and sucked into like this one negative review of the podcast or whatever and miss the 50 other pieces of content or emails or messages from people who have talked about how the platform has really changed their lives. So that has been really helpful for me to kind of redirect my energy as well. That is a pro tip right there, ladies. So start your folder and your email with inspirational emails. You can refer to them on a bad day, right? That's a really good pro tip. Yes, yes. Now, Dr. Joy, we have a segment on our show, a very special segment for our guests, and it's called, Oh, You Clatch It? I'm going to explain it to you. So we recognize and appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be classy and ratchet, and you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music if you so choose. We want to invite you to the Oh, You Clatch It? segment, um, where we ask a few questions, and it's going to be kind of like a rapid fire situation here. So we want to know, do you take on the challenge? I do. All right, all right. So first question for you. Which song gets you on the dance floor at the club or party? Back that thing up, unquestionably. Exactly. Exactly. When it be drop, it's it's a spiritual moment, I feel like. Yes. 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 Yeah. It truly it. is. No matter where you are. No matter where you are. You could be in the car. Airport. You could be in the grocery store. Wherever. Dun. Dun. It's just something it, does, it just does to you. I'm so glad you said that, Joy. Next question. What's your favorite hairstyle on yourself? 
Ooh, so I love my fro, um, but the fro can be very unpredictable, and you know she doesn't always want to cooperate. So that is probably my favorite, but not always low maintenance. So like, if I'm looking for just like something quick, then I would say a bun. Yep, I okay. can totally, I can totally empathize with that one. And <laughs> what about the best compliment you've ever received? I don't even know. I, I get lots of emails from people who like started therapy because they like heard something on the podcast or they found the therapist in the directory and that I think are always the best compliments. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, re- it's really validating the work that you do and the, the inspiration and the impact that you have on people. Yes, I agree in our community like it takes a lot for you to take that step so you're listening to a podcast and you're like you know what i'm gonna actually make this life-changing decision to seek out a therapist that's huge awesome yeah. awesome so our next question for you is who's your bad boy or bad girl crush usually it's a celebrity but whoever that person might be for you Ooh. and we know you're up on the pop culture yes. so we know <laughs> yeah i'm trying to i'm oh. trying to think of like a <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a crush. I don't necessarily know that it's a crush, but I'm like a huge Meg the Stallion fan right now. Um, just just because, I mean, you know, she, I feel like is just giving us a moment all this summer about with the hot girl summer and like living your life and doing you unapologetically. Um, so I'm a huge fan of her right now, for sure. And she's an amazing rapper too. Yes, yes she is. So yes, talented. She is. And so, okay, so speaking of music, twerk or two-step? <laughs> Uh, probably a two-step. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then to switch it up just a little bit, what's your favorite book? Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. I read. I read quite a few, but I don't. I don't necessarily go back to any. Um, so I'm trying to think of one that really grabbed a hold of me. Not sure. I'm blanking. But right now, I'm reading um, the short and tragic tragic life of Robert Pease. Um, and that one is definitely a very compelling story. Um, I'm definitely finding myself lost in that one. So I would have to say that right now. Okay. And you said the short and tragic life of Robert Pease. Uh huh. Okay. We will definitely add that to our show notes so that our listeners can take that one in as well. Our last question. What's something many people don't know about you? Hmm. I think um, a lot of people probably wouldn't know like how techie I am. Um, So, you know, like I said, before I like found um, developers to hire to work on the site, I was managing a lot of it myself. Um, So I really always kind of love to kind of get in the behind the scenes um ideas of like how things work and like how do these platforms that we love so much work and what's the technology and the science behind that um so I think that's probably something people don't necessarily know about me we got some black girl magic over here (laughs) (laughs) well Dr. Joy we want to thank you so much for your time and for your insight and just offering your spirit to our listeners And we want to know, um, we want to leave them with where they can find you on social media and also what's next for you and your your brand. Yeah, so you can find us on therapyforblackgirls.com. That's the website where you'll find the podcast, the directory, all of our blog posts um, and all of our social media. And if you want to follow me personally, then you can find me all across all of the platforms at Hello Dr. Joy. 
Um, coming up next, we will be working on some live events. Um, so the community has been begging and pleading for like some kind of event where they can meet other people, meet some of the people that they have conversations with in our Facebook group and on our um, IG channel. So we will be working on some live events for Therapy for Black Girls. Amazing. Well, please keep us posted so we can come to those events and also share it with our community. That is so exciting. And again, we want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast. Or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I will not judge myself for where I'm starting. I'm making progress every day. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, ladies.